Another Tea Talk, a podcast by Schwules Museum Berlin, hosted by Sunny Est. Hi everyone and welcome to the Tea Talk, a new podcast series. My name is Sunny Est, I'm your host, and I'm here today with Alex Alvina Chamberlain, my first guest. Alex Alvina is a writer and performer that I have met some five years ago in Berlin at a queer event. I was hosting the event and she was performing. Uh, she read and performed a part of her text, My Femininity, and I immediately fell in love with her. Ever since, we have collaborated quite a few times. And welcome, Alvina. Thank you so much. <laughs> How are you today? Or better yet, what's the tea? <laughs> What's the tea? Yes. Um, I think the tea at the moment is somehow what I've been thinking about a lot lately has been the way because I've been on hormones for two years now. All right. And the way that this has changed the way that society has treated me, the way that straight men have treated me, the way that dating has changed and why and how like these kinds of things are a lot bubbling inside my head all right so i mean i totally i i started hormones i think um 10 or 11 years ago and uh, i totally remember that also very long phase that is not something that happens overnight yeah and changes every day but i would like to know with you is it like right now does it feel more intriguing or is it like exciting or is it like mixed feelings because this is what also i should get to because not everyone listening or anywhere knows my entire history so like um basically like i have the 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 trans woman experience not of like oh i came out and understood that i was trans and then three months later i started hormones that's yeah. not at all what my experience was I actually, like around 2010 was when I came out sort of as non-binary. And then for a few years, two, three years, I kind of was maybe a bit gender fluid in my presentation. I don't know. I wouldn't call it gender fluid. I would say it was, it was, it was feminine, but it wasn't always so feminine that I got viewed as, as, as a woman or as trans. But you know what's funny? Sorry to cut you there, but yeah. like, it's interesting because I was just yesterday talking to two friends of mine from Brazil mm -hmm. and uh, who are also trans. And the three of us have three different categorizations of trans, so to speak. Yeah. And we were talking about, like, actually we're co-curating a project for Schwules Museum, which is also, yeah, I'm also, this podcast is, you know, part of, it's a Schwules Museum podcast. And it's part of my fellowship with them this year, 2021. And uh, we were talking about our project because we're curators and it's a trans, you know, focused project. And we were like, yeah, but in Brazil, we have so many other performativities of, of transition that are not necessarily, it doesn't, it doesn't comprise or it doesn't require you coming out as trans. You don't yeah. have to, because I remember you, yeah. how you presented before. Yeah. And to me, it was very clear, feminine energy, feminine presentation, yeah. but not in a way of like, you know, maybe with like boobs or something, but this yeah. is, you know, but for me also as a trans person who didn't have boobs for many years, yeah. um, to me, the, the, you know, as a trans person, 
seeing you, it was more like, I see you. It wasn't like, for me, it, it was not something like, oh, but this is not really trends. Do you know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> and by the, because also by the point that when I met you, I was already identifying as a trans woman. Okay. And then my, then my presentation was very linear in the presentation that I was always very, very feminine. But the thing was, because I wasn't taking hormones yet, I was still read. I was definitely read by everybody as trans. As soon, too much, actually. Too much for, for, for any, anybody's survival on the streets, really. Because like, yeah. I was read as trans really from like 50 meters. Like you could see, oh, there's someone who's, you know, gender variant and very feminine, but doesn't have like a female body. I think that was how I was read. Or by... at least not a cis female body. That's exactly. what you mean. Yeah. Of course, of course. And that's the hyper visibility that sometimes is life threatening as you mean. As exactly. You because yeah. I was getting such a like cocktail of both sexual harassment and hatred in extreme amounts when I was presenting in that way. And if we talk about how dating was, like oh. I was way, 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 way too feminine to get with any gay men. The last gay man I had sex with was, was in 2012 and now we're in 2021 and I started hormones in 2018. So it was six years before I started hormones still no like gay men like yeah yeah um but what kind of men were then interested in me when i was very clearly trans but not on hormones was more or less only and there was still a very large group so it wasn't like it wasn't like if, if I could feel comfortable with the way that they treated me, I could still, you know, you know, get laid five times a day if I had wanted to. But the problem was that they all, like literally all of them, super fetishized me. Almost no one wanted to meet me in public. Yeah. Almost everyone... Um, just, just like the... the the level of respect was so low and every time I had sex with someone, I wasn't enjoying it. It felt like it bordered on violence. Sometimes it was violent. And what I meant by the T now is that now I've been on hormones for over two years, two and a half years, and this has changed a lot. It's not that like now it's paradise and like every man is treating me with so much respect and it's great but because it's, sometimes they just don't anyone but i i yeah i know what you mean yeah yeah it's it's you're still really of disrespect when when we're that marginalized I guess. exactly but you're talking about the change that now is still so so is it a joyful observation of the changes predominantly yes predominantly i would say that like i'm i'm actually and i mean i'm not saying that this is necessarily how it has to be for every single trans woman that like yeah. oh finally i started on hormones and i started to enjoy sex like but it's not about talking it you're not talking for other people no you're talking, talking for yeah. myself yeah and for myself that's how it is i i realize that Besides the way that I was treated and the way that I was treated was also really shit and that made it difficult for me to <laughs> to enjoy sex. But it's also something about my own body and my own comfort in it and 
my own understanding of how many dysphorias I actually had before that I didn't understand that I even had before I started hormones and that dysphoria started slowly. It's not, it never goes away completely, unfortunately, yeah. but started to, to like dwindle away. Intense, complex. Yeah. Eloquent. <laughs> so I'm lucky, we are lucky that you're a writer. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I happen to know that you have a current project mm -hmm. that you are also generous enough to collaborate with me on a song mm -hmm. that yeah I'm working on. So would you like to talk a little bit more about like how do you process your history and your biography in writing? Yeah, this is also interesting because, well. A lot of the work that I've are that I am presenting at the moment or on my way to present in the mo at the moment was either written before I started hormones or very early in the process. Oh. Whereas the the work that I'm finally like starting to slowly work on now is 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 current, like is is about the current experiences. I think sometimes it's difficult to write about experiences you can one can write about experiences but if one wants to write about them in a way where one feels that it's very it can still be raw it can still definitely be raw and it should there needs to always be some sort of rawness because if you lose the rawness and the 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 art that you're making it loses a lot of its soul because it needs that intensity to be meaning it needs to be raw and meaningful and vulnerable for you for it to be so for anyone else but I also want to be, you know, to a certain extent reflected. So if I just have like a completely new experience, I can write about it for sure. But I also want to wait a little bit in presenting it because I want to also be sure that it's that it's not just some knee jerk reaction where especially with the hormones because there's so many different changes and I realized that there were some things that I wrote in the first six months that I took hormones where I'm like I sh don't want to present that in this way because I actually realized after being now two and a half years that that was such a short phase so if I'm going to present it I want it to be clear that that was a short phase and not like I maybe thought then that like, oh, this is how it is to be on home. No, 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 no. Like it's, it's way more complex than that. Interesting. So that's a confirmation that you do write with your biography. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's the shorter answer to it. No, I mean, yeah, that, yeah. that's not the only thing I was trying to mm -hmm. yeah. hear. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I know some stuff from behind the curtains. Um but and and I would also respect your limits to talk about it. But if you would like to, it would be nice to hear like what's going on right now with your book. Yeah, exactly. So I I wrote a novel called Love the World or Get Killed Trying. And I wrote it predominantly in 2016 and 2017, a bit in 2018 also. A lot of editing in 2019 so long process 
it's more or less finished. And I have an agent uh, in in London who's at United Agents, which is sounds like really bright. Like it's at the biggest agency in Europe. Yes, <laughs> but it is. Yeah, why yeah, not? Yeah. Why Anyhow. not? It's true. Um, <laughs> exactly. If it's the truth, why not just say it and not be embarrassed about it? Um, Anyhow, she's sending it out to publishers now. And hopefully within the next six months, I'll have an, a concrete offer. There are some hopeful uh, things going on with that, but I don't want to jinx it by presenting it and then it comes out and then it, it fell through. No, no, no. So better to keep a little bit of mystery around it. But I'm hopeful at the moment. Amazing. I really can't wait. Yeah, I've been keeping up. Actually, I didn't know. I mean, now I realize how fresh also the project was when when I approached you about the, the collaboration. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it, it was just from like a Facebook post. You, I mean, not just your Facebook posts yeah. are epic. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then as you do, you know, like you were also generous with us mm -hmm. and you shared like a long excerpt of your... And... I don't remember what my emotional response was. I just remember what I thought, you know, I, I like, I was just like, so yeah, basically overwhelmed mm -hmm. because I mean, yeah, as you said before, like each of us, or as I also mentioned before, each of us has like, um, has a unique experience and this and that. But when it comes to like, you know, when it comes to how, trans feminine people are treated and especially if we are you know heterosexual like if we are into masculinities and if we come from the gay scene mm -hmm. and this and that like we do face a lot of like similar experiences yeah. like um we know you know that uh, this like been, we know about the hypervisibility we know that like looks can be life-threatening to us but it yeah. can also bring a lot of joy like all of these dichotomies that we navigate by being ourselves. And I guess, as I also mentioned before, like I, I started, I was one of those who like came out as trans and immediately started hormones. Yeah. Yeah. And I had that, like, you know, the cis fantasy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I really, because, because I understood femininity as cis femininity, like, yeah. you know, and it's not my yeah. fault, but yeah. it's not yeah. healthy either. No, no. Uh, and it's not fair. But anyway, I had a path that I did a lot of efforts and also at a very young age to protect myself from these abuse experiences, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I thought I could, I could protect myself mm -hmm. from that by, yeah. by, you know, like looking cis or by sounding cis or mm -hmm. trying, like, you know, die mm -hmm. trying. <laughs> Or, uh, or get killed trying, yeah, yeah. and you know, like also living on st in stealth, yeah. You know, like mm -hmm. for those of you who don't know what stealth is, is like when you basically it's like being in the closet for a trans. It's like a transitioned trans person, yeah, <laughs> living in the closet. Exactly. So it's like you and you can only do that if you already really pass, because otherwise, yeah. even if you don't come out, people know. But you know, also, you know, yeah, that's yeah. an important component. Yeah. yeah. So I was living on stealth, you know, like I did everything in the book. I did all the surgeries. I did everything and, um, and the voice therapy and this and that. And I really went there. I really infiltrated the cis heteronormativity. You know, I, um, 
I really like started relationships with people to only within a relationship to realize that um, I wasn't worthy of love as much as I thought I would be if they fell in love with me first as a cis girl. Like from the moment that the cis gender genderness was yeah. gone, yeah. then uh, then I was also out mm-hmm. of the picture, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like immediately. Mm-hmm. And this is a different type of trauma that like most people don't even know because as yeah. you as and you, I'm starting to experience it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So With how is it for thing. you right now? Yeah. Exactly. This is the thing because I'm starting to pass much much more than I did before, so I'm starting to have to come out as trans yes. to, to people that I <laughs> date. And yeah, I mean, it's it's it varies from situation to situations, especially like with online dating. Like I would say with my pictures, it's about 50/50 those who have a idea say that I could be <laughs> that I could be trans and 50 that are like have no idea that I'm trans. Um I've chosen at this point like on my Tinder profile to not me- well, actually, there's a reason for that. First, when I joined Tinder, I'm quite fresh out of a breakup. So there's that. But like it was um, three weeks ago that I joined Tinder. I didn't write anything that I was trans, but I got tired of telling guys. And then the responses being sometimes just unmatching you in yeah. two seconds. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how can you change your opinion about someone so completely just because your preconception of what it is to be trans doesn't match with the fact that you're actually attracted to this person. It's just so warped. Anyhow, what I want to get to was that I decided because of that to write it in my profile. The next day I was banned by Tinder. And then I Googled and I saw this happens to a lot of trans women because what happens when when I wrote it in my profile was that so many men were attracted to me and then immediately saw and they were like, oh, she's and then they see trans as some sort of, you know, drag queen, which is fine to be a drag queen, but they don't see it as, and, or, or like fake, you know, yeah, so they're know like, mean, yeah. as all if right. it's like a part-time thing, like yeah. you only, you like cross-dressing. She's so, not yeah. real. She's not real. Like yeah. uh, being trans is not real. Then you're not actually a woman. You're just pretending to be a woman. And so you're, f- you're, you know, trapping me, faking me, cheating me. So then they report my profile as like deceitful and then the tinder algorithm works that like oh this person has been reported say 10 times in one day oh they must be like a it must be a, a fake profile somehow i see but then i wrote them and then they gave me back my profile anyhow i now partially because of that i don't write it in my profile also for a reason that I don't think it should be a fucking disclaimer, you know? Like, I don't think it should... Like, when I walk down the street, I don't have, you know, a sign in my f- forehead that says, I'm a trans woman. And I don't think I should have it in my profile either. I'll I'll tell the guys that I feel that I want to tell when I feel that I want to tell them. And with yeah. some guys, it's it's early in the discussion. With some guys, after we've discussed for a while... With a few, it's also the first time I meet them because I think I have a right to choose yeah. that. Uh, yeah. 
I mean, by now, it's funny, like the, the, the whole Odyssey, even this, obviously, is something that we all share. Yeah. Uh, like, to, disc- to, to disclaim or not to disclaim. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, currently, it, it is on my Tinder profile that I'm trans, and it's been for a few years, but for other, I mean, not for other reasons, for the, like the same reasons of the experiences, but yeah. uh, obviously, we're in different lives, and we are in different times and for me it was more like I started I think I started to whatever maybe I'm too cynic about this and I'm just like okay either you conform to my reality or I'm not even interested in going there and finding out I who understand. you are I understand totally but of I course, think both I strategies have... are totally understandable the fucked up thing is that we even have to have strategies yeah <laughs> like it shouldn't even be like one it, it shouldn't be something that we have to I mean, it's it's something, of course, that 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 in a, in, a, in a deep relationship, especially, it needs to be talked about. But it shouldn't be. What I basically want to say is, it shouldn't be something that we have to be worried about. We shouldn't be worried have to be worried about that when we say it, we're gonna get maybe violence, maybe um, a complete rejection that is, you know, not even like oh, I haven't thought about this, I need some more time to think, but just like an outright rejection, just because, like, we shouldn't have to, like, and it's just so exhausting to know that we have to do this with what every single guy that we start something with. And even if they're, this is the thing, it's not like, Oh, they're fine with us being trans. Oh, then they're a great person. No. Exactly. This is the also. But they you know, can be fetishizing one if it's at the at the, the worst end of the spectrum, and even if they're not, they can still be because they're men, <laughs> straight men, most of them, some bisexual, but mostly straight men, and like most of them are not so emotionally aware. Most of them are between sexist to very sexist you know it's not that like everything (laughs) is but what i really realized from the hormones and from being seen more as as a woman albeit a trans woman but still like when i feel that so many of the of the straight guys when they see me now they see somehow a woman yeah is that they the amount of respect versus being seen as the tranny Mm mm-hmm it's significantly more, and that doesn't mean there's 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 still not many obstacles and difficult things in navigating yeah, a relationship yeah, with a straight cis man. But yeah, it still is at least possible. Like I feel you, yeah. and I mean, obviously, as being like on my end of the spectrum, I I also you know like being post op, being this and being that, yeah. like mm-hmm. um, also allows me to also navigate some more like higher you know level of this basic respect that you're mm-hmm, talking about mm-hmm, and sometimes mm-hmm. even for me like you know as i said like i think my, my surgery was nine years ago so imagine like I, i've really been in this reality for a long time i'm also yeah. growing older in a transition body which yeah. is interesting but sure. um this thing of like okay this person was just not he didn't unmatch me mm-hmm. And then immediately we like we start considering this person as a potential date just because they were not because they didn't block us. Yeah. Like you know, like this is really like 
Yeah, it couldn't go lower, but I don't wanna, I don't want to go. I don't want to become uh, melancholy now because I'm too yeah. happy to have you here. Um, and you also brought an excerpt of your novel to yes. read for us. Yes. Um, does it have a title? Is it like a capital, a, a chapter of your of your thing, or it's a it's a segment from a chapter. Um... It's about one third into the book and it takes place by a glacier in Iceland. And other than that, I'll let the, the segment speak for itself. Amazing. You were right before you start uh, reading, you were talking before um, about strategies, you know, like mm -hmm. it, it, it sucks that we even have to have strategies. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering, um, would you say that writing is a strategy? Um, I mean, it's not a strategy related to, but for the, you the, to what, navigate yeah, life. Yeah. Well, I'll say two things about that. Actually, <laughs> okay. if we talk about it related to dating, it's, it's, it's for me, it's, it's for me, it's a beautiful thing. I wish that we were like, when it comes to writing, I wish we were in the 19th, like early 20th century, like writing long romantic letters to each other. <laughs> I wish this like, because for me, like when I get a crush on a on a guy, I want to find out things about him. I want to find out about myself through a correspondence with this person. I want to reach poetic heights like this is how I am. And then today we have, you know, what's up on WhatsApp, and it's like, This is the way we're communicating. Like, hey, and then like two days later, respond, or 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 just really short messages all the time. And I I want this, and and it's one of many reasons why a lot of uh, cis straight men find me much much too intense is because when I even even I don't even have to have a big crush on the guy, just like a slight crush. I feel like when my it's about you. It's yeah, not about the yeah. Yeah, when my intensity level reaches for me five out of ten, it's for them ten out of ten already. Yeah. All right. So that's the one. That's aspect. the one thing. And but for me personally, writing is a huge thing because it's the when I am the most despondent. It is the place that I know where I can go to survive and to feel that that, that survival has a beauty to it. And for me, writing is a lot about poetry and lyricism and 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 creating this magical space in the mind where I'm sort of for a moment untouchable by everything else. And this moment doesn't always last very long, but just having it there and and knowing when things are at their worst, that that's actually when I access it the, the best, maybe, which is I'm trying to find other muses because I don't, you know, want to be in the in the... In an emergency state in order to create. Exactly. Yes, I yes. feel you very much yes. in that. I'm feeling every little word you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And so. I, I'm, I'm getting there. I would say like the last few years, especially what I'm better at now is I'm better at maybe, yeah, maybe having, maybe being able to do the, the like most, emergency work the most like survive oh i need to get this out 
and then being able to use the more stable side of me to make sense out of this all and to put it together and to read through it and restructure and and see like if the flow was three pages maybe get it down to one page if it needs to and and to kind of get these different parts together and also like talking about what I was saying before with the hormones and there being also a certain amount of exploration and happiness and to also try to have that as a muse sometimes. And sometimes I am able to, not not to the extent as I am when I'm in like emotional chaos, unfortunately, but it is starting to, it's a part of my life and I want it also to be documented. Beautiful. I wish also people could watch you speak about your, I mean, watch you talk, but also talk about your creative process. It's very like you can see how you really have like an abstract thinking that you manage to vocalize and verbalize. It's very inspiring. And also, I wish we had more time to talk about literature in general and yeah. knowing your inspirations but we do not unfortunately have time for this but everybody can you know buy your novel in a few months well not <laughs> a few months you. okay <laughs> but in Sorry. 2022 i hope yes yes it will be out. Mm. but also follow you you have a lot of material online yeah, yeah recordings of your performances mm. and now would you please do the honors of course and read your hands will Back by the glacier, I advance a few steps away from the dirt and begin to hike up the actual ice cap. Our tour guide hollers. Stop dead in your tracks, Missy. The ice monster will eat you if you treat her like a walk in the park. I obey. I am in a situation where the sturdy voice of knowledge is to be trusted much more than my inner adventurer. It is dangerous to stride any further, lest one should slip and fall between the cracks. My body would be very well preserved there, freezing with no shivers. However, I'd risk providing the agents of global warming with an argument for their misdeeds. I can already hear them saying, of course, with a Texan accent, of course, in order to fetch this here body of an American, we must belt this whole here chunk of ass. No, this isn't true. I'm no president. I'm far from that insignificant. I can die in peace here if I want to. If you can have a smile on your face while imagining your own dead body, something good has happened in terms of separating yourself from your ego. Death is one of many ways for the earth to remind us. You don't own me. I wobble down from the ice slope without falling on my butt or flat on my face. This can't stop near new teardrops from forming inside my corneas. They know very well they won't be granted access as members of the UN Security Council or deemed acceptable in government cabinets or boardrooms. However, is there any better way of reminding the powers that be of the dangers of overflowing water sources than storming their meetings with a choir of sobbing faces? I am hopelessly naive. 
I'm hopelessly naive because I'm desperately searching for a plan that could work. And in this search, I must try each and everything that has never been attempted before until I find something that does the trick. I do not try on tears like one tries on clothes. The last century was a psychopath. This one is still a teenager. In the city, I'm forced to be an object. And my rebellion? A flood of tears. I am a crying object. Crying, screaming to survive her own life. Bloodied by their belief that we do not share the trait of breathing in oxygen and breathing out carbon dioxide. In nature, I become a mother. If I watch a flower for a full day, I can follow its cycle rhyming in tune with the sun while gaining the trust of bees. A water lily in the Amazon lives for only 48 hours. She changes color from eye white on day one to violet pink on day two, and her gigantic leaves can carry the weight of a light adult like me. I am sorry, reader. When describing an island filled with both fire and ice, I simply must expand the storyline from chamber music to a full orchestra. An island can do much more than just carry its own weight. My words expect the same from their readers. My world craves the same from its humans. I am not the author of a scenic brochure. I have greater ambitions than boosting tourism. Nevertheless, one must always return from the retreat of a fantasy back into the material world that surrounds us. My return is brought about by the arrival of a hailstorm. I cannot see the rainbow behind the rainbow as my visual sense is observing the formation of dancing ice bulbs swaying to the music of wind gusts sometimes following one direction, other times crashing against each other like they're in a mosh pit. Thankfully, we have now left the glacier behind us and are sheltered by the bus. I am hoping these seeds of ice are a premonition, a sign that a god, a president, or a fool on the hill has listened to my desperate pleas and cries and calls. Thank you very much, Alex. Salvina Chamberlain. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. See you next time. The Tea Talk. A podcast by Schwules Museum Berlin. Hosted by Sunny Est.